the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Vitucci of Vitucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. The Consumer Price Index Report is in, and Wall Street gave it a standing ovation. But does a mild easing in inflation rates translate into the box office smash that will cause the Fed and Jerome Powell to pause interest rate hikes? and encourage better economic performance? Their critics weigh in on this edition of Don't Invest and Forget. Welcome once again to the program. We are here each and every week to help you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager and best-selling author, Pat Vitucci, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, it has been an enormously busy week between Washington, D.C., Sacramento, Wall Street, and all points in between. Seems as if there is money-related news on all fronts today. Hard to almost fathom where we can begin with all of this, but certainly the reaction by Wall Street related to what was just a mild uptick in inflation over the month of October, certainly far less than had been expected, and investors on Wall Street were certainly celebrating. It's been a wild and crazy week between the politics, inflation numbers, headcount numbers of some major companies. It's chock full of interesting decisions. Let's start with the big red wave politically never materialized, and so we are still in the middle of figuring out if Republicans or Democrats are going to control the House or the Senate. It looks like the Republicans will control the House by four, five, six seats. And, of course, the Senate is still up for grabs, and we won't know about Georgia again for the second time in a row. There'll be another uh, voting early December to see who is the senator, and that may again be the deciding factor if Kamala Harris has the deciding vote or not. So politically, it was not what all the surveys were suggesting was going to be. And, of course, Wall Street was keeping its close eye on the results. And, of course, the day after the election on Wednesday, the Dow was down 600-plus points. And then on Thursday, inflation numbers came in 
a little more modest than we were expecting. And, of course, the Dow had a giant day. I think it was 1,201 points on the Dow, 750 points on the NASDAQ in just one day. So biggest day since March of 2020, and that caught everybody off guard. And so does that mean Mr. Powell meets again with the Federal Reserve next month? We will not get another three-quarter point rise. may only be a half, maybe a quarter. We'll see how the other data comes in by the end of the month. But big, big surprise there, I guess surprise both politically and inflation-wise. And then, of course, we've got a number of announcements of layoffs. Elon Musk laying off 50%, 5 half of the Twitter employees, also demanding $8 charges, big restructuring as we anticipated Elon Musk do, and firing his whole board of directors, most of the senior senior staff, again, shaking up Twitter in a big, big way, as only Elon Musk could do. Mr. Zuckerberg, not to steal the headlines, laid off 13% of 11,000 employees out of 87,000. The whole meta arena that he's been spending upwards of $15 billion just not generating the kind of return and disappointing a lot of investors. That stock is down considerably from its high. So we've got a number of high-tech firms really looking at headcount, and of course, a lot of it, I should say, being in the Bay Area, is going to have some implications on employment numbers here locally. So it's spat of layoffs is certainly creating some headlines, and what are the long-term effects of that? Is, is it going to further cool the markets? High-tech folks, we have the cash and the shares that they can liquidate, convert that to their, in many cases, their first home. Some interesting headline news this week that disappoint. And so politically, we've got a little bit of a change here in plans. And if, in fact, it rolls out the way we think it's going to roll out, we will have gridlock in Washington for the next couple of years and let the frenzy of the 24 campaign begin. Allegedly, Mr. Trump will make an announcement next week. And you've got Mr. DeSantis, who is extremely popular. What impact will that have on the um, 2024 election? It's going to be fun to watch these next couple of years and see um, what it looks like. And is President Biden really going to seek a second term or will his health not prevail? Pat, I'm curious, your take on Zuckerberg's cutting staff by some 11,000 jobs. You look at this and, and wonder, is he a visionary that's just simply looking out past the rest of us? Has the virtual world that he's envisioning begun to blind him from seeing the real world? It just seems as if investors and consumers don't share the level of enthusiasm for this new meta world or virtual world that he seems to be seeing. Well, again, he, he's a visionary, and you got to give him credit. He has built Facebook, now called Meta, into a giant company that moves the markets in, in a significant way. And this Meta universe that he's building, somehow he sees as another dimension of cyberspace that only, as we call them, propellerhead can envision. They're very smart people. We'll see. You know, the jury's still up, but he's not getting a lot of support from his board of directors, from the shareholders. A lot of complaining because the share price is down. Last time I looked, he had lost something like $75 billion 
in his net worth. So these are big numbers, Craig. So we'll see. But it's kind of imploding before our eyes. We'll see uh, if his vision is going to succeed. I remember when he first started Facebook, his share price was in deplorable shape. But when he got his act together and got the I's, crossed the T's, and got the staff behind him, he's built quite a company. So I'm not going to second-guess him and, frankly, do not know much about the metaverse other than people are buying real estate in the meta world at astronomical prices. So it, it, to most of us, seems absolutely ludicrous to spend millions of dollars on full landscapes in the meta world somehow makes sense to some people with a whole bunch of money to, to spend. And certainly, Pat, from a traditional investing viewpoint, you have to wonder whether or not this is just too far removed from reality. It certainly calls to the attention of all of us the fact that there seems to be a bit of a paradigm shift taking place. How deep, how long, of course, only time will tell. But we're beginning to see some of the FANG stocks begin to sort of fall out of favor. That certainly has been the case between companies like Twitter and Facebook and others uh, joining in there. And so then I wonder if that really rises to the occasion that individual investors, particularly as we sort of wind down the year, need to begin thinking about their current stock positions in their IRA, in their 401k, and whether or not it's time to do some sector rotation, because clearly some of these sectors are going to be feeling some pain for some time to come. Yeah, you know, we, we were so spoiled with the high-tech world kind of carrying generally the S&P 500 for years and years and don't know if this is the beginning of the end of the high-tech world kind of dominating that leadership role. Is it to the level of maturation that we're going to see more normal kinds of returns and not the 30, 40, 50% growth that we've seen with, as you mentioned, all the FANG stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. It could be a turning point for what the sexy stocks look like in the next year or two. So 2023 could be a whole new year of leadership in the stock market. Certainly travel leisure has been the headline darlings of Wall Street, the cruise lines and airlines, and maybe even sprinkle in some banks that certainly they've not been the leaders for all the obvious reasons, given the COVID world may be returning to their day in the sun. Are there actions we need to be taking before December 31st to be prepared for the next year? Well, we're getting into the uh, tax harvesting season. I know we're also getting into turkeys and Christmas trees and all the other fun stuff, but let's not ignore, given the volatility of 2022, the opportunity to look at your losses, look at your gains, and make some direct decisions before the holidays are upon us and there's not time to take that quiet hour or two of reflecting on your portfolio of design. So it's a great time to look at your winners, look at your losers and see if you can offset them, sell the losers to report the gain and look at gains, offset them and then rebuy or repurchase what you want to do January 2nd. This is the beginning of tax harvesting season that I think really uh, our listeners should take to heart, really drill down and look line item by line item at all their positions. 
And, of course, we always encourage listeners to seek out the advice of a tax professional before they make important financial decisions that can indeed have tax implications. And then if perhaps from a broader perspective you'd like to obtain a second opinion related to where you are today, where you need to be on the road toward retirement, and whether or not the decisions that you're making are in harmony with your goals for retirement, why not take advantage of a complimentary financial health and retirement plan review offered by any of the Don't Invest and Forget advisory team. Now, that appointment can be had either in person, over the phone, or even via the Internet. Never any cost or obligation. And to schedule your appointment, just simply go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. While there, let me encourage you to take advantage of all kinds of news articles and other resources available to you free for the asking at the don'tinvestandforget.com website. If it's easier to call and schedule your appointment, simply call 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Petrucci says, don't invest and forget, invest and forget, invest and forget. You've heard the phrase, one size fits all. Well, maybe that's true when it comes to certain types of casual shoes or dresses. But at the end of the day, one size fits all definitely does not fit long-term planning. There are issues such as timeline to retirement, the kind of goals you have, the things you'd like to achieve once you've retired, the level and style of lifestyle that you wish to enjoy. All of these factors, along with more subtle things like, is there a partner in this process? Are you a single person? Retirement planning can change drastically if you don't understand the rules can be problematic. Some insights now, and Pat, certainly, as I suggest, no one size fits all, and that's very true when it comes to some of the unique challenges that are present in relationship to retirement planning for singles. You know, over the years, we've been guilty of really focusing on John and Mary, an investor, and really focusing on couples, and shame on us for not spending more time on single people. Lots of single people out there have a different set of challenges, and I'd like to spend some time today really talking about how do single people react to money management, to financial planning, to legacy planning, to estate planning. 53% of singles today are over 65 years old. So let's spend some time and give them some time to reflect on what challenges they have, what kind of legacy issues are they thinking about. Clearly creating a prudent estate plan is even more important because when you're a couple, okay, if John dies first and Mary survives, Mary's got some time to reflect and and maybe adjust their legacy plans based on her single life now. But what if Mary's a single a single person or John's a single guy? What's the estate plan? Because when that one person leaves this earth, what do you do with their stuff? And so incapacity and death are two issues that you're kind of on your own. It's important to have that plan in place and have a successor trustee, having a uh, key person take care of you in either disability or incapacity. And then ultimately on death, what's best friend of yours going to do with your stuff? Without a formal set of documents dictating what should happen, things get pretty fuzzy and... You create havoc 
in terms of maybe it was intended for nieces and nephews or siblings. Again, a, a clear definition of what your plans are, and that certainly in the way of creating a will or a trust, kind of documents where you'd like your wealth and other assets to be distributed. And again, naming that individual to carry out your wishes. An advanced healthcare directive gives you some clarity on how you want to be cared for and in what capacity do you want a do not resuscitate, a DNR. What kind of work do you want to have done to keep you alive? What artificial means is in your heart that you want to be kept alive? So a healthcare power of attorney, the HIPAA authorization form, again, we think is really important to name a person or and a successor person. So if that your successor trustee does not outlive you, who's the contingent successor trustee, that backup person, that in case um, he or she is not available or, or of the mindset to make decisions for you. And then a financial power of attorney. Who's going to pay your bills? Who's going to distribute the balance of your assets upon death? Let me make this crystal clear. Vitucci and Associates, we are not attorneys. We are not equipped to give legal advice. I would highly encourage you to hire a licensed attorney that specializes in estate planning issues. If you need a referral for a qualified estate planning attorney, call our offices. We will give you recommendations. Again, creating your, your legacy isn't just about money. It's the entire picture of what you want to leave behind, we don't want to forget to review your current beneficiary designations. We continue to get calls from listeners that said, my ex-spouse died and the beneficiary was supposed to be upgraded to his or her new spouse and he forgot to change it. Can you help me out? No, we can't. The insurance company legally has an obligation to pay that, the proceeds, of that life insurance policy to the current beneficiary on record, despite the fact that they may have been divorced or separated or whatever the issue is many years ago. So I would encourage you to look at beneficiary designations for 401ks, IRAs, life insurance. Who is the person to contact should you begin to ignore your bills and your long-term care policies? Who is going to be the person to to get a a carbon copy of that bill and remind you that, oh, by the way, did you pay your long-term care policy? So planning documents, how you title accounts, your check-in account, does it have a second person on there as a single person to have your friend or sibling or, or somebody pay your bills while you're infirmed in a hospital or in a temporary nursing home for a while or you're in an auto accident? Who's going to keep your financial life going and pay your mortgage payments so the bank doesn't come in and and close down your home? All those things become even more critically important because if you're single, you've got to have some responsible person to look after your affairs should terrible things happen tomorrow, this afternoon. So are you prepared to have somebody write checks for you? I mean, really simple things, paying your rent, making your car payment. Those things have to go on even though you may be unconscious and not well enough to even understand all those obligations need to be met. Not to be a downer, but these are just real life issues that we get calls from issues that come up. Stuff happens. We've got to make sure 
we're responsible enough to dot the I's and cross the T's and make sure um, you're covered. And, and when you recover or don't recover, what whatever the result is, you haven't skipped a beat. Let me make this crystal clear. Vitucci and Associates, we are not attorneys. We are not equipped to give legal advice. I would highly encourage you to hire a licensed attorney that specializes in estate planning issues. If you need a referral for a qualified estate planning attorney, call our offices. We will give you recommendations. As Pat suggests, both retirement strategies and legacy planning are very different for singles and and newly singles as well. If you'd like to take a look at where you're at exactly today, maybe gain some guidance when it comes to what that retirement strategy should look like for you. Certainly, you can make an appointment for that complimentary consultation in any of the Bay Area offices of Fatucci and Associates. Now, to schedule your appointment, well, that's real easy. You can go online to don'tinvestandforget.com and easily schedule your appointment there. Again, that's don'tinvestandforget.com, or you can call toll-free, 888 Plan wise, 888 P L A N W I S E, or again at don't invest and forget.com. Patricucci says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. It has been said that there are traditionally two types of people in the world earners and spenders, although in some households more commonly known as husbands and wives, although these days I think the wives might have something to say about that, to be sure. At the end of the day, certainly the issue of money is central to any relationship. We need money to raise a family, create a household, build the number of assets necessary to enjoy a comfortable lifestyle, and ultimately retire. But when personalities and attitudes about money are different, when a spender marries a saver can that create problems what happens if you get two spenders living together let's talk about some of these issues as it relates to not only the impact on your marriage relationship but ultimately the impact on your financial life and pat i know there must be many days when folks come in for that complimentary consultation where you feel more like a marriage counselor than a financial advisor Craig, we've got a box of tissues on our desk and i gotta tell you it's frequently used and it is Sometimes we are moderating some pretty sticky situations, and that's okay. It's kind of a confessional for financial stuff. While I don't wear my shirt backwards and I don't have any fancy robes or anything or fancy hats, it is a serious discussion about money. Look, let's face it. Marriages are are wonderful institutions, but they can sometimes be difficult. Three major points of contention, money, sex, and in-laws. We only talk about money. The other two in our private life, we all struggle with those kinds of things. But money is something that is one of the three primary things that people divorce over. What is your money personality and how does that make you feel? And I suppose you want to marry somebody with similar values in spending and saving and prioritizing what to do with that paycheck as it comes in every week or every every month. So there is... um, some underlying subterfuge, if you will, and I've seen this more times than I care to admit when folks come in for a consultation where the husband or the wife will call me later or come in early and say, look, I don't want my wife to know, I don't want my husband to know that I've been spending this money on this secret visa card that he doesn't know about or she doesn't know about. And they've got this secret life that is almost you know, a double life of financial sacredness that they need to resolve. 
it's a sickness, if you will, that some people just have that they just need to continue doing this quiet spending, whether it's on, you know, shoes at Nordstrom's for women or it's a, a something to plug in at Best Buy, whether it's gambling or whether it's alcohol or, you know, it's a whole myriad of vices out there we can talk about. But interestingly, of those who divorced, 39% say money was a major factor in the breakup. Certainly, it's important for couples to discuss financials before saying those magical words, I do, and to communicate, talk about what's the priority of money when we get married, how we're going to handle the money. We're going to have two separate accounts. You're going to go your way. I'm going to go my way. Or are we going to put everything in one giant pool and we're going to live happily ever after? The successful marriages that I know of have weekly meetings, not only about their agenda for the following week, but also about what are we doing about our money and how's our 401ks and IRAs doing? And are we on track to be where we want to be five, 10, 20, 30 years from now? And what priority do we want to spend money on a very expensive vacation? Do we want to buy that expensive car or do we want to increase our savings? So many times it's a communication issue. A lot of times it's all about spending habits, right? And if you're really frustrated because you're, wife, your husband comes home with a new whatever, and there was no communication about it, and it was a major purchase. Is that the way you want to conduct your life? And is that, does that work for you? In many cases, when that shot comes in, oh, honey, I bought a new hot car, and it only cost me $70,000 because it was a great sale. Those kinds of things happen every day in someone's life. In fact, those people who've gone through an ugly divorce like that, 40% say they will never marry again because of the serious financial loss, loss that they took. So it's a permanent stain that you carry with you, and it erodes your confidence in your next person you date. Am I going to get screwed again on some money that I'm obligated to because I'm married to this joker, he or she, and now I've got to dig myself out of this mess because now I'm obligated legally because it was bought in Mr. and Mrs. name. The whole issue is how financially independent do I want to be? And does my partner understand the importance of that financial independence and the stress-free life I have of not being obligated to some giant monthly Visa card, MasterCard, whatever card, because my partner is out of control and has to have this whatever to stroke his or her ego because after all, I work hard, so I'm entitled to this, whatever it is. A lot of deep-rooted issues, Craig, that I think you can head it off at the pass if you really communicate and prioritize. Put it in writing. You know, agree to something in writing. Yes, you can modify it. You can change your budget. You can, you can drift from it if there's communication and agreement. But when it goes to radical degrees of spending to the point where it can ruin someone's financial life. And Craig, this is not isolated stories, sadly. I've been in, in this business for many, many years. I've interviewed thousands of people, and these are not isolated, once-in-a-blue-moon stories. Spending habits of your, your spouse needs to be in concert with each other. Uh, otherwise, it can create devastating circumstances, and in many cases, that's the breaking point. Money can be 
the issue of divorce. In particular, of course, Pat, there's the fact that we all have a unique money personality. You frequently talk about this on the program. And so when this opposite attracting winds up in marriage and you find a spender and a saver getting married, that can be problematic. And I would imagine equally so if you have two savers marrying each other, what, do they become perhaps too risk adverse in the point that they don't perhaps take enough risk that they need in investing in their portfolio? And we're still two spenders coming together that don't save any money? Two savers, two spenders, marriages are equally as ugly. It's really a moderation of saving and spending. And yes, there's some fighting. Maybe there's some tears. But like in all good marriages, you compromise, right? And that's what marriage is all about. Honey, I'm in the mood for Italian tonight, and she's in the mood for Mexican. We compromise if we go out for Mexican, right? If mom is not happy, nobody's happy. But in all sincerity, there's got to be a lot of compromise, a lot of give and take. Okay, this month we'll buy your expensive dress, and next month I buy my expensive whatever. It's that kind of give and take that makes marriages work, but it can't all be one-sided. It can't be subterfuge kind of activity where you're literally not sharing and being full disclosure with your spouse because that eventually catches up to you. You eventually get caught. Now there's an integrity issue besides a spending problem. So at the end of the day, checking in with Wall Street in relationship to the performance of your investments is as equally as important as it is frequently checking in with your spouse. Maybe starting with an independent third look at where you're at today and where you are in relationship to your retirement goals might be in order. If you'd like to take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat spoke of just a moment ago, why not go online today and schedule your appointment? There are offices throughout the San Francisco Bay Area of Vitucci and Associates, and there's never any cost or obligation. Again, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com and schedule your appointment. If you prefer, you can always call toll free 888 Plan Wise. That's 888 P L A N W I S E, or once again, don'tinvestandforget.com. Pat Vitucci says, Don't invest and forget. Matt, as we talk about matters regarding finances, money management, saving for retirement, a child's education, a new home, things of this sort, it all comes down to some four key elements of a well-managed portfolio. And as we get into this topic today, perhaps you can lead off with an explanation about what a portfolio is. Some people say, well, I know what a portfolio is. That's what Warren Buffett has. Everybody has a portfolio. Some have more zeros at the end of the numbers than the rest of us. It's really, how do you manage your money in relation to all the other financial issues? And as you know, Greg, all of our clients receive a complimentary financial plan. And it not only talks about the money, the portfolio design and actions around that, but it also tangents affects your insurance planning, life insurance, long-term care, homeowners, auto. It affects your tax planning. It also includes estate planning, what kind of legacy planning we leave behind and the commensurate tax issues related to that. And last and certainly not least, your debt planning, debt, D-E-B-T, mostly your mortgage debt or any other debt. And all those things tangentially overlap. And then we get into, do you actively manage it? Do you passively manage it? Or do you mismanage it? And that whole idea of 
investing and forgetting. People say, well, I've got a portfolio, but I don't do anything about it. It just sits in my bottom drawer. The statements come in once a quarter. I take a glance at it and either I'm happy or I'm unhappy. And that's what we call mismanagement, where you just get very cavalier about making decisions. I like what John Shermerhorn says in his best-selling book, Management. He says, quote, management is the process of planning, organizing, leading, and controlling the use of resources to accomplish goals, close quote. Now, that's an excellent, I think, summation of exactly what active management is. What are some of the pluses and minuses, Pat, between passive or active asset management? Let's talk about passive management. That's easier. Passive management, and it could be construed a number of different ways. Let's take one interpretation is that you've established your plan at work. You picked a couple choices and you leave it alone and you never touch it again. The assumption is the markets today will be exactly like the markets tomorrow and exactly like they were yesterday. Meaning the mix you've selected today will be good forever and ever. And that is just not so. The passivity index to it is just not something that makes people comfortable. Except, of course, when the markets do well. But we know markets do well, markets don't do well. And so we've got to look at why that passive issue doesn't work all that well. So that's kind of the cavalier approach. I'm going to invest and forget, leave it alone, hope and pray for the best. Now let's talk about active management. Active management was where you decide either yourself, if very involved, follow the markets, make adjustments based on what sectors are doing better this quarter versus last quarter. And what I mean by sectors are things like the stock market or the bond market or the mortgage market or the emerging markets, real estate investment trust markets. So there are different sectors that there is a specific negative correlation of one sector to another. In other words, one sector could be up, the other normally is down. And it's driven by the economics in that quarter driven by the supply and demand of what the populace thinks, where's the best place to be investing? And so the sector management really involves a lot of study, a lot of review. And that's why we get so many listeners coming in saying, look, I'd love to do that function, but I'm just too darn busy. And I can't take the time to read and study to review what sectors would work for me, given my specific risk level. So the active management is a real big homework assignment, Craig. Failure to be diligent to do it on a regular basis, you kind of slide into that passive side. Today, a look at four key elements of a well-managed portfolio. If you have questions related to anything we've discussed on today's program or would like to take advantage of that complimentary financial health review, that opportunity here in the fall months to take a look at the progress of your investment choices down through the last many months to make sure that, in fact, those choices are not only in harmony with your appetite for risk, on track with your goals toward retirement. Call today to take advantage of that complimentary session by dialing toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E or simply 888-752-6947. We continue our look at the four key elements of a well-managed portfolio with our host, Pat Vitucci. Pat, one of the big issues that perhaps is a danger area for a lot of folks when it comes to the active management of their dollars is time. They simply don't have the kind of time necessary. It's easy for the statement to come in. You see perhaps the progress over the last quarter isn't that good. Now, where do you find the time to do the research, to take a look at what's transpired, 
to anticipate where things are going to be headed in the coming quarter and then make the right choices. That's where I think a lot of folks fall short. We're all trying to optimize our time. I mean, time is one of those key things that when you're working, you never have enough of. And a lot of my retiree friends, oh, I've got a lot of time. Time is that asset that most of us working do multiple things at the same time. The average working person doesn't have the time to do that. And it's that rebalancing, trying controlled losses and the monitoring activity that really takes the time. And then, of course, you have to execute, studying and studying and studying in the markets and now executing and making the actual adjustments. That's where the rubber really meets the road. Failure to allocate the time, as you're saying, is real important. Commensurate with the whole idea of active management has got to be the expenses associated with doing that. You can't have a discussion about active management without understanding the rudiments of the kind of system you're plugged into. This whole idea of active management is essential. Part of this active management, Pat, not only includes anticipation of where the markets are headed, doesn't it also include the notion that as we move through seasons of life, the portfolio mix, the goals of the portfolio, our appetite for risk change, and therefore that needs to be actively managed as well? If your system is not asking you questions on a periodic basis and reconnecting with you to understand what's going on in your life, that's just inappropriate. That's just lazy. That's just not a healthy relationship. Any good relationship has a connection on a regular basis. So you're right, Craig. We need to understand all the the stuff that life throws at us and the commensurate changes we've got to make relative to the portfolio design that we are engaged with. Pat, obviously some tax planning, some tax preparation would be appropriate. Revisiting the benchmarks of one's performance over the last year and making sure that you remain on track to meet your financial goals, another important element. Talk to us a bit about some of the advantages of coming in and simply taking advantage of that complimentary financial retirement plan review. We get a lot of folks come in and say, look, I just want a, a second opinion. Give me your positives. Give me your negatives about what's going on with my current monies. In some cases, it's a well-designed portfolio with low expenses and other times it's just horrible. So we have the opportunity to give the prospect who is listening to this radio show today, here's our view. Many times it's right on the quarterly reports. Yes, sometimes it's on page 27, buried way down deep. To fully understand performances, many reports are by design, unfriendly, difficult to look at the year-to-date, month-to-date, since inception numbers. We always like to look at the 10 months is easy to look at. We divide the um, monthly performances by 10. The math is easy. And we could say, okay, here's how you're doing. Here's how the benchmarks did year-to-date through 10 months or 11 months, whatever it is, or 12 months. And it's easy to understand relative to the expenses you're incurring in your current system to determine how you're doing. Are you in sync? You're beating the benchmarks or are you woefully underwater? Doesn't hurt to get a second opinion. It's a financial health checkup, a comparative review with the system you're working with now. And maybe you're doing it yourself. Come in and have an arm wrestle and compare what you're doing yourself with what we would have done net of our fee. Maybe you're beating us. Let's look at all, all those and come on in for that consultation. There's no obligation. There's no pressure. If you want to work with us, that's great. If you don't, that's fine. We've made it another friend. Pat, you also make mention about cost effectiveness of one's portfolio choices. I think a lot of people fail to realize that there are expenses associated. Even when it comes to the management choices within inside 
of a 401k, there are associated expenses. Say a word about that, would you? The bottom line is very much driven by and very much influenced by the internal expenses. I think that's a good point, Craig. Failure to understand who you're paying what to and just simply looking at the bottom line is not a thorough enough review in my mind. And so when we talk about understanding the internal costs can vary from half a percent up to three or four or five percent. Understand what you're buying, understand what you're paying for. And those expenses are rarely identified anywhere except in a thing called a prospectus. I got to tell you, most people don't read the prospectus. So you've got to understand components of a prospectus and read through it and understand how those expenses are dragging down your performance numbers. Maybe from a top line, that fund did great, but they trade so often and the trading costs are three and a half percent on top of a one percent fee that they're going to charge you anyway so you're, you're pushing four and a half or five percent so we get to take advantage of that complimentary financial health retirement plan review without any obligation whatsoever simply dial toll free triple eight plan wise that's eight 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 P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E or 888 you've been listening to don't invest and forget with author and investment advisor pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.